And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. This morning is a very special morning. All mornings are special. But today, today, the church 2,000 years ago experienced the, re- the bodily resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And we thank God that we now have the benefit of celebrating that. Praise God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is devoted entirely to the doctrine of the bodily resurrection of Christ. I say the doctrine because it's important. Amen. In all of scripture, these 58 verses, this chapter has 58 verses. We read five verses. But in all of scripture, these 58 verses deal most comprehensively with the doctrine of the resurrection. Notice I'm using the word doctrine. Especially because you see in Christendom, some things can be discussed and debated. Some things can't. The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ cannot be debated. It is a doctrine. We don't debate doctrine. Amen? One commentator says, just as the heart pumps life-giving blood to every part of the body, so the truth of the resurrection gives life to every other area of the gospel. The resurrection is the pivot on all on which all Christianity turns and without which none of the other truths would much matter. Without the resurrection, Christianity would be reduced, listen saints, to mere wishful thinking. The resurrection has been referred to by many as the capstone of Christianity. By some, it's it's referred to as the hinge on which the Christianity door swings. No hinge, no door. No resurrection, no Christianity. Just give me a minute or two, let me introduce the text, because as I said, I won't be long. Now, the church in Corinth was growing exponentially, but not without challenges. You know, development has its social ills. Amen? So, to growth has its challenges. The church in Corinth was plagued with numerous problems. They had morality problems. You remembered? Amen? They had marital problems. You remembered? They had issues over speaking in tongues. There was a lot of competition in the church. Mm? But when Paul found out that they had problems in embracing the doctrine of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, he was moved by the Holy Spirit to address this issue. Amen? And so that's where he began in first corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 i'm not going to go through the text as i usually do but there are some phrases i need amen to address notice in verse 1 paul said i declare unto you the gospel amen he's going to talk about the gospel because in the gospel is the resurrection the bodily resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, I preached it to you, and you received it, and you stand in it. Do you know that some things we got to stand for in in Christianity? You got to stand for some things. And brothers and sisters, I submit to you, we have to stand for the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the grave is empty. Amen. Amen? Many people came and presented themselves as Christ. We Know that their grave exists. 
but the grave of Jesus is empty. Sometimes we need to take a stand. We need to make a decision and stick with it. I know you, I know you are familiar with this quote, but it's by Alexander Hamilton. I thought I would mention him to give him credit. He said, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And brothers and sisters in Christendom, we have to stand for the doctrine given to us by the Holy Spirit. The truth of the resurrection is not something you and I, and, and I'm going to use, excuse my vernacular. This morning I'm going to use some, some vernacular that is not linguistic, linguistically accurate, but is, it's going to be theologically sound. Can you help me? Let me say it again. I, I may use some vernacular that's not linguistically accurate. But it's going to be theologically sound. So I was saying the truth about the resurrection is not something you and I, we've got to be sometimey. Is that, I can use that word. Sometimey about. You've heard that word before? Sometimey. Hmm? And I, I just thought the opposite of the opposite of sometimey is all timey. I know. I said, work with my vernacular. Are you with me? There are some things you and I as Christians cannot be sometimey about. Because our eternal state hinges on believing these doctrines. And one of the doctrines we cannot be sometimey about is the doctrine of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is why Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. Some Christians did not believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, it's sad to say that today there are some Christians who don't believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. There are some semi seminarians. Let me take my time. Those who went to seminary and graduated and considered themselves as part of the elite in Christianity, some of them don't believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Even today, back then, even today, some of them still do not. Amen? And so as I said, brothers and sisters, some things are non-negotiable. Paul said you got to stand for the faith in which you believe. Mm? Believing in the bodily resurrection of Christ is an essential truth in Christendom. This is a truth you and I have to divide over. Now, you know, in Christendom, there are essentials and non-essentials. Are you with me? There are some things we can discuss. There are some things we shouldn't discuss. Are you with me? There are some things we can debate. There are some things we shouldn't debate. Hmm? There are some things we divide over, such as doctrine. Amen? You divide over doctrine. When I say divide, if you and I cannot agree on a doctrine in the Bible, then we have to go separate ways. Well, let me... <laughs> because my eternal, my eternal state depends on me believing that doctrine. The Bible says that Christ was born, he lived, he died, he buried, he rose again. On the third day, that's a doctrine. You and I don't discuss that. We don't say, well, do you believe Jesus Christ? Really? No, that's not something you discuss. And that's what was happening in the church in Corinth. Folk got smart, smart, and began to say, well, you think Paul was right? Because of the Grecian influence. Be careful with the community mm? that you find yourself in. Amen. Now we can debate some things in church. We can debate whether or not you can speak in tongues. That's up to you. 
Amen. That's up to you. I believe in speaking in tongues. If you don't believe in speaking in tongues, you'll go to heaven. For that matter, you may get something and die quick and go to heaven. Because speaking in tongues is powerful. You have access directly to the mind of God. That's what the Bible says. When you speak in tongues, you speak directly to God. And then we have the benefit of interpretation. Amen. So you can ask God what I just said. He'll tell you what he said. Now, you don't have to believe that, but you'll still go to heaven. Well, <laughs> we all can debate whether or not women should wear pants and whether they should wear makeup in church. Amen. We can depend that. Some folks say, well, you know, it's a sin for women to wear makeup in church. Uh, some folks say, well, I, let, let me read it like I have it here. Some folks say it's a sin for women to wear makeup in church. I believe it's a sin not to wear makeup in church. God forbid! I <laughs> I grew up in a traditional Pentecostal church. I'm talking about traditional. I was about nine or nine or ten years old. They did not believe in they did not believe in perming the hair. They didn't believe in wearing makeups. They didn't believe in women wearing pants. Women wear skirts from their neck, a skirt from your neck to the tip of your toe. The problem in that church is uh, you couldn't, you, you wouldn't know who was a man or woman. Everybody looked like a man because there was no makeup, no hair is permed. You all the hair looked the same thing. So that church finally got a revelation. <laughs> I remember that day clearly. I'll tell you why. The church finally got the revelation that it's okay to wear makeup. It doesn't decide your eternal state. The next Sunday. That, that Sunday, they got the revelation. That week, all the females went and permed their hair and had their makeups and began wearing clothing. Amen? That makes you look good as a female. Praise the Lord. So, the following Sunday, they came to church looking like women, so to speak. And everybody kept saying, Is this Sister Maria? Sister Maria? Well, what happened was people began dating in the church before the year was over there were 12 marriages that's why i believe it's a sin not to wear makeup <laughs> but since re really how many of you like me you're just tired of meeting sometime christians i mean uh, christians who have no listen to me they have no bone in their backbone but a lump of gel. I, I'm not referring to any of you in here. Neither of those of you are looking. But you've met a few people like that. Are you with me? No bone in their backbone. No, no flat-footed. Just cannot believe any doctrine. Just some time, just some timey and watery. They have lost their voice and their influence. And Paul is saying, if you do that, if you do not embrace the resurrection you will lose your voice you'll no longer be salt you won't have your influence because you'll have no power and so the holy ghost told him to write to the church I, john picky had a song uh, stand for holiness stand for righteousness and be counted among them that shall reign with him sometimes you got to stand for the doctrine of christ 
let me say not sometimes but all times amen so he said in verse one he said what did you do i needed to stand verse two continues he said let's read verse two quickly he said by which also you are saved if you keep in memory you are saved if you keep in memory what i preached unto you unless you have believed in vain paul is saying some things you got to remember you got to take a walk down memory lane now and then else you'll forget what was taught to you you got to make yourself remember peter is notorious of saying i'm going to harass you by remember i'm going to harass you by telling you you got to remember you've got to remember you got to remember what i told you you got to remember the truth and so on this christian journey as i said we got to brothers and sisters walk down memory lane mm -hmm. in a while i'm going to show you from luke chapter 24 how two sometimes christians behave but i thank god that if you come here and you're unwavering you're disappointed you need some encouragement jesus you qualify for an encounter with jesus let me say that again if you come here this morning if you're looking if you're looking and you're hurt you're disappointed you're discouraged brothers and sisters you are well positioned for an encounter with jesus christ amen he's a way maker amen he's a blessing the bible says here can you jump to verse three in verse three and four paul is going to explain to us what the gospel is i know it's resurrection sunday i'm getting there but i need to set that foundation in verse three and four he's going to explain what the gospel is notice as he's as he goes through the gospel let's read verse three and four then we'll come back and break it down is that all right now here is what the gospel is paul said for i delivered unto you first of all that which i also received so part of the gospel is receiving something from god it doesn't come from men oh. <laughs> i get what i'm saying then he said how that christ died so after you, what what he has received from god is that christ died for our he died for our according to the what in fulfillment of scripture he continues verse 4 telling us exactly what the gospel is about and that he was buried so notice the gospel is something you receive from god the gospel is about the death of jesus christ the gospel is about the burying of jesus christ i with me he's coming he's coming and he said that he rose again can somebody say resurrection and that he rose again on the third day so the gospel then is getting it from the good news from god it involves the death of christ it involves the burial of christ it involves the resurrection of christ notice you didn't see name it claim it blab it grab it or call it haul it well moving here I, I think i said that too didn't i say that too fast i said that too fast notice here in the gospel you didn't see name it claim it blab it grab it call it haul it now i will tell you there there is a time when you understand the gospel and you're mature you might be able to do that are you with me but we're talking about the foundation what humans need to know after you've embraced the gospel you can go on to maturity there comes a time amen when you begin to experience proverbs 27 3 it says as a man thinks in his heart are you with me glory be to jesus but that comes after some experience but brothers and sisters i wanted you to see what the gospel is about paul says that the gospel amen is about 
something being received from God. He received it from God. Amen. Not from human beings. So the gospel, in a sense, is not Paul's. It came from God. But in a sense, it is his own. Because he believes it and he preaches it. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It is not from Paul, but it is from Paul. Amen. Because you cannot effectively communicate something you don't believe. With passion and being fully persuaded. Amen. So the gospel is from Paul. Because he believed it wholeheartedly and he preached it. Praise the Lord. I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 23. You don't have to turn there. It says, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews. A stumbling block. The gospel is a stumbling block to Orthodox Jews. And a what? And foolishness to, to the unsaved. Greeks are referred to as unsafe people. But to us, as brothers and sisters, it is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's what the world cannot put their mind around. They want to explain how could Jesus resurrect from the grave. There are some things you're going to explain. It's doctrine. You just got to believe it. Amen? <laughs> he said not only not only is the doctrine not only did i receive something from god but 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 by the way he said it also involves the dying of jesus christ how did christ die that christ died through crucifixion amen how bad was the crucifixion we get the word excruciating from from that word crucifixion i want to show this to you brothers and sisters sin was so heinous in the sight of god that he had to use crucifixion to show us how much he hated sin. Jesus could die anyway through a sword, a vehicle run, a donkey run over him. Back then they had donkeys, amen. But God chose to use the crucifixion. I'm getting to a point here. You give me 10 more minutes. God chose to use crucifixion because he hated sin. He wanted to show us how much he hated sin. So he chose crucifying Jesus. And you and I need to remember that. It is you and I who are to be on the cross. It is you and I who are to be hung up high. Stretched out wide pierced with a sword i with me buried it is you and i but god chose to take our sins and place it on jesus christ isn't that a blessing oh hallelujah that's what the gospel is about that's why the gospel is about good news secondly the bible tells us here not only is the resurrect not only is the gospel the death of jesus christ for our sins amen he died for he died for what? For our sins. He died for what? Our sins. I like the way Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 53 and verse 4. He says, surely he borne our griefs and carried our sicknesses. Mm? We esteemed him, stricken, smitten of God. Mm? But the Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. But by his stripes we are healed. Verse 6 is why verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has done what? Led upon him. 
<laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. God has taken the iniquity of us all and he laid it on Jesus. And instead of you and I dying on the cross, Jesus died for you. That's the gospel. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, what a blessing, saints. Glory. Verse 4, let me, let's quickly deal with verse 4. Verse 4 said, not only he died for our sins, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 4, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 4, uh, but, but, but that he was what? He was buried. You know, we don't, talk, we don't often think of the burial, burial of Jesus as part of the gospel. We, we, you know, we don't typically think that, but brothers and sisters, this is so important. Amen? Because before resurrection, there has to be burial i get what i'm saying i'm getting i'm getting to resurrection but but it is the tail end of the gospel i need you to understand how important the resurrection is the bible tells us he was buried isn't that so he was buried in the ground the burial of jesus christ is important for many reasons it is proof that he really died because you don't bury someone unless they are really dead are you with me, saints? He died. Isaiah 53.9, don't turn there. 53.9 tells us he made his grave with the wicked. He got, he borrowed the tomb of a rich man. Hmm? No need did Jesus buried, but we are told he, he, he what? After he was buried, he rose again. Uh, he rose again. Oh, glory be to Jesus. He resurrected. This truth is essential to the gospel. If Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins and remove our guilt, then why is the resurrection of Christ so important? Here it is. Here it is. Let me tell you why the resurrection is so important. Because it is proof of his conquest. <laughs> the resurrection is proof that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. You remember? You, you hear me? He told Martha. He told Martha in John eleven twenty five. He said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he was dead, yet shall he live. Now hear that. He hadn't died as yet. He spoke it. He had to go live it out. <laughs> oh glory be to Jesus he spoke it with his mouth but he was yet alive amen sometimes you got to leave out what you speak how many of you realize you got to eat what you say sometimes hallelujah so the resurrection he had he had to prove yes I, if I told her that I am the resurrection I got to resurrect I got to show that I conquered death hell and the grave and so that is why, brothers and sisters, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so important. Not only is the resurrection of Christ important, but the time he resurrected is very important. He resurrected on the third day. That's very important because everywhere in the Bible, he says he was going to resurrect when? On the third day. Tell your neighbor, credibility is very important. Oh, your word is your bond. He said, I'm coming back on the third day. And so, if he's, if he's credible, he got to live out his word. How many of you are just tired of people who don't live out their word? How many of you? You know, as, as I, some of you still can tolerate it. But when you reach 50 like I did, when you hit 50 like I did, some things you're going to tolerate anymore. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
You see, the last half, you, you get more serious the last half. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Am I right or am I right? And so Jesus said, let me show you where he said it. Jesus said, glory be to Jesus. He said it in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes killed and be raised on the third day. Jesus could have risen on any other day. But he had to wait until three days because he said that I was going to come back. On the third day, you remember what he said to them when he looked at the temple. They were boasting about the temple. He said, in three days. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said, in three days. But he was talking about the temple of his body. Throughout the scripture, Jesus keeps saying, I'm going to come back in three days. And brothers and sisters, he came back three days later. Not two days, but three days later. I'm here to tell somebody this morning, it may be Friday for you, but Sunday is here. <laughs> ah, glory be to Jesus. I tell you, I want you to remember Sunday is here. Don't you ever forget that Sunday is here. Amen. Sunday is resurrection day. I want you to remember that Sunday is here. Glory be to Jesus. And he says that was done according to the scriptures notice all the time the bible is saying according to the scriptures because scripture is final authority are you with me scripture is amen not your opinion not my opinion the scripture and jesus lived out the scripture we have too many opinions in the church we need the scripture we need people to stand on the word of god we'll have less problems in churches oh glory be to jesus jesus he he he, he said he, he said and the third day is important because when jesus died on friday the bible says when he died his body was in the grave but first peter three nineteen tell us his spirit went and preached to spirits in prisons uh, glory be <laughs> hear what i'm saying that's what the bible says when he died amen his spirit went to preach in hades you see back then back then you had abraham's bosom hold on back then you had uh it was called abraham's bosom the waiting place of the dead half of it was where the saved people were you had people like noah and abraham and david that's where they were then the next half you had people like the rich man who died you remember the rich man and lazarus i'm talking too fast you remember the rich man and lazarus the bible says he was rich and he just died amen typically the bible says a christian goes to sleep when they die but you can know when an unsaved died the bible says jesus died that's it they just died but whenever a christian died the bible says he and he or she goes to sleep so the bible tells us when jesus when jesus was buried amen he went down to hades and he began to preach to the spirits amen you got to go to first peter 3 19 you got to see it you got to see it for yourself because some of you might say i don't think it's the truth first peter chapter 3 verse 19 we have too many people doubting the resurrection you need to see the truth of god's word it says here by which also he went and preached unto the spirits where in prison he went to preach. He came down and he said to them, Hey, I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Some of them didn't believe it. Some didn't believe it. So what he did, he took it out and he began showing, I have the keys. I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. 
Those who accepted, he took them to glory. Those who did not, he left them in Hades. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Those who accepted, he took them to glory. Because that's why now when you die, you go straight to the presence of God. You don't go down in the center of the earth and wait anymore. Mm. That's why the Bible says to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Not to be present in not to be present in head is no 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 we no Christians no longer stay there. We go straight to the presence of God when we die because of resurrection Sunday. I mean, I get what I'm saying. So what he did, he took them, praise the Lord, to glory. He left those who was at the bottom and then he rose up from the dead. Isn't that a blessing? Oh, glory be to Jesus. So, 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 brother, so, so today I want you to understand, amen, that resurrection Sunday is part of the gospel. Amen. It's part of the gospel. You preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then you have the power of God behind you. Now, I know many of us here this morning, we, we may come here with challenges. But I tell you, you remember when Jesus died in Luke 20, in Luke chapter 24. Praise God. Before I go to Luke chapter 24, let us go back to, uh, I'm jumping. Let's go back to verse 5 of our text. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse, is it verse 5? Verse 5. It says here, and that he was seen, Jesus was seen of whom? Cephas, then of the twelve. Cephas is Peter, the apostle. You remembered, and, and, and I'm saying this, I want you to get this. Those of you who are here, or if you're looking, I said before, if you are discouraged, if you need some comfort, if you need some encouragement, then you are well positioned to hear from Jesus Christ. You see, Peter was well positioned to hear from Jesus Christ. You remember Peter was the one who denied Jesus. Peter cursed like a fisherman. And he walked away. And the Bible said Peter wept bitterly. He was sorry. Peter had not gotten restoration as yet. He was still hurt. Still discouraged like some of you are watching. And some of you are here today. Still hurt. Still discouraged. I said you're well qualified for a visit from Jesus Christ. Are you with me? That's why the Bible tells us first he went to Cephas. He went to Peter. We are not told when they did, but we know that they did. So he went to Peter and he said, Peter, I know how it is. Glory be to Jesus. I know you're discouraged. But I want you to know, I don't hold it against you. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, sometimes when your humanity kicks in, I don't hold it against you. Are you with me? Are you get what I'm saying? How many of you know church can be messy sometimes? Church can be messy because there are humans in church. That's why, brothers and sisters, you hear me? Those of you who are aspiring to be leaders in church, you better get a thick back. You have to learn to take a beating and keep on ticking and not stop coming to church. Are you with me? Because folks will drive you crazy if you allow them. Peter gave up. And Peter said, let's go fish. I'm done with that. Because Peter was offended. You have to understand Peter. Peter saw Jesus walked on water. Peter came out of the boat, walked on water. Are you with me? Peter saw Jesus sat on a stone and healed everybody in a village. Peter saw Jesus healed his wife's mother. And 
because of that, Peter had an expectation of God. And when Peter saw them arrest Jesus, and Peter saw them parade Jesus naked in Jerusalem, when Peter saw them hung Jesus, Peter said, no, no, he was a fake. Because if he had the power I saw, he would have delivered himself. But Peter didn't know that Jesus didn't have him only on mind. Jesus had the world. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. I'm here to tell you, don't get offended at Jesus Christ. Because he will come in a way you never expect. He will still come. And if you're here, you need encouragement. You better hear that. There were two Christians who walked from Emmaus, from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And they were walking on the third day. Now listen to me carefully, brothers and sisters. Jesus was buried on Friday. They stayed in Jerusalem. Jesus was in the earth on Saturday. They stayed in Jerusalem. The third day, Jesus rose from the dead. They decided to leave Jerusalem. On the what? Third day. When did Jesus rise from the dead? The third day. Think about it. When should you really stay in Jerusalem? On the third day. You need to see it. Well, you're saying, why am I talking about Jesus staying in Jerusalem? Acts chapter 1 verse 4 tells you what, why they had to stay in Jerusalem. Let's go quickly. And being assembled together with them, commanded them. What did he do? Commanded them that they should what? Not depart. Continue. Not depart. No, no. There's another part. There's a. No, 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 no. The verse is not done as yet. Not depart from where? Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the Father. He said do not leave Jerusalem. What are you doing? Leaving Jerusalem and going to Emmaus. That's what some of us do. That's what some of us do. We don't stay where Jesus tells us to stay. We get out of place. And then we get problems and worry and challenges. And we ask what is going on. If we just learn to stay put. Are you with me? Are you getting what I'm saying? Some people think that there is a problem in waiting. They cannot wait. Wait! They left Jerusalem on their way to Emmaus and they were talking. And while they were talking, Jesus came and joined them. They were talking. Can I, can, can I tell you what I think they were saying? They were talking, saying, This Jesus, we really thought he had it going on. He really took us. Are you with me? We saw him fed the multitude. We saw him took five loaves and two fish. Then we saw him took seven loaves and some fish. And he fed 4,000. Then he fed 5,000. Really, we really thought he was the man, but he was just a big old trick. How many of you have been there? I've been a Christian so long. I, I thought God would have come for me by now. I. I think the Lord would have worked it out for me by now. I've been struggling here and I've been talking to God. I've been... How many of you have been down that road to Emmaus? You see, when the Bible talks about anytime the Bible leaves somebody, somebody's name empty, it's an invitation to put your name and my name. How many of you have walked down to Emmaus with Cleopas? 
Let me say that again. <laughs> when, James, when the Bible do not put somebody's name in there, it's an invitation for you to put your name and for me to put my name. The Bible says Cleopas and another disciple was walking down Jerusalem. Left Jerusalem on the way to Emmaus because they were discouraged, they were disappointed. How many of you, you've left Jerusalem walking down to Emmaus with Cleopas? I did. I have. I have discouraged saying why, why, when, when, when. And I'm saying things I'm not supposed to say. But I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, Jesus will join you even when you speak your doubt. <laughs> and the Bible says Jesus joined them. And, they, and Jesus said, what are you guys talking about? Mm. And they said, well, haven't you been around? And they said, he said, they said, are you new in Jerusalem? And he said, well, tell me. And they began to tell him about Jesus. They began to tell the resurrection about the resurrection. <laughs> uh, and Jesus, oh, I like him. He's listening. That's what some of us cannot do. We talk too fast. Even if you have the answer, it doesn't mean you're supposed to speak that quick. Are you with me? You need to let people talk and let, let, let their heart come out. Amen. Uh, glory be. So they, they started walking and Jesus is listening. Then Jesus stopped and Jesus told them. This is what they said to Jesus. We had hoped. You, you, you got to see that. We had trusted. I think it is Luke chapter 24. Uh, somewhere in the 20s, 30s, 30s verse. I have memorized the exact verse. But I know it's in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. It says we had trusted that he would be the one. It's somewhere in there. Look at, look for it quickly. Let me let you see. Twenty-one, uh, twenty-one, twenty-one. Yes, Luke twenty-four, twenty-one. This is what they tell Jesus. Discouraged and hurt, they said to Jesus quickly. But we had trusted that He would be, which should have what redeemed. We thought He would come through for us already. We thought he would have made a way for us already. They left Jerusalem the day he resurrected. You give up when he resurrected. When he's coming down your path. That's when you walk away. It happens every day, everywhere, every time. Walking out on the day of your deliverance. Walking out on the day of your victory. Walking out on the day of your resurrection. Walking out on your day for God to choose you for ministry. And beside all of this, today is the third day since these things were done. Can you go to verse 22? Let's just read. Yes, yeah, and certain women, they're, big, they're telling Jesus what happened earlier. What he did earlier. They said some women, our company accompanied us which were early at the sepulchre and they said uh, can you go to verse and when they found not his body they came saying and so on and so forth and then Jesus listened to them and then Jesus said to them how slow then he said unto them how we call them I'm not that bold to call you fools I'll let Jesus do that <laughs> uh, he said oh fool slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken and notice what Jesus did brothers and sisters I'm going to bring it to a close notice what Jesus did Jesus gave them a Bible study 
Now I need you to understand what Jesus is doing because it's a message for us here. See what the resurrection is doing. The resurrection incarnate. He's giving them a Bible study. How many of you know? How many of you know? Uh, how many of you would agree? Bible study is underattended in all churches today. Let me say it. Underattended. Underattended. Folks stay home during the week on Wednesday night because it's too cold to come to church. They are too comfortable to come to church. Maybe their favorite episode. Are you with me? Jesus is teaching us something. He's taking us back to Bible study. He's saying, don't you forget your Bible study. It seems like you've forgotten your Bible study. So I'm going to take you back and let you remember your Bible study. And then he gave them a lesson. He's pointing, the resurrection is pointing them back to the word. This is what I want to share with you. Then that still wasn't enough. The Bible says they went home to break bread. Can you take me to that verse? They went home to break bread. They went home to break bread. That verse. Verse 30. And it came to pass as he sat. So before that, before verse 30, Jesus was done giving them the Bible study. The Bible study they needed, Jesus was done giving them the Bible study. Then he did like he was going elsewhere. They invited it home. They said, come home, come, come, come sup with us tonight. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread. Now listen carefully now. He took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it. We're going to do that in about five minutes. He took bread, he blessed it, he broke it and he gave it let, let me say that again because i want you to get what he's doing he took bread he blessed it he broke it and he served it and he disappeared are you with me let, let me say that again he took bread <laughs> he blessed it he broke it he served it he disappeared are you with me yeah, yeah you, you you need to start thinking where else did jesus took bread blessed it broke it and gave it where else he did that at the last supper but these disciples were not at the last supper these disciples only the 12 was at the last supper where else did jesus take bread blessed it broke it and so where else he did that he did it twice with the five loaves and tooth <laughs> and what Jesus is saying you should never forget the miracles I have done in your life please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. 
God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496. 